Okay, praise the Lord. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? I'm going to share the word today. Bring your notebook and pen out. Bring it out. Notes on your, on your phone, bring it out. There's going to be nuggets. There's going to be some good stuff tonight, amen? So I want to continue with the series that we've been t- um, talking about for the last couple of weeks, which is about the upper room, right? And I just want the, the background team to just put up that first picture. Not the video, just the first picture. And before I explain the first picture, I want to say this. Levels of attraction is equal to your level of openness to engage with anything. I'll say that again. Your level of attraction to something, to someone, is equal to your level of openness to engage with that someone or something. How open you are will dictate how much or if you receive. I'll say that again. How open you are to someone or something will affect how much you receive from that someone or from that something. Your openness is very key. Why do I say this? I say this for many reasons. But before I tell you why I say this, I thought to myself, Lord, what affects us being open to receive? And and let's not put our spiritual hats on straight away. Let's, Let's just think normal stuff. What makes me open to do something or engage with something? And I had these thoughts. Being familiar with it. So if I've had a, a past good experience in a, in, a, in a hotel or a restaurant, then I might go to that hotel and restaurant again because I have a past good experience. What else affects me? If I've heard a good report, if all my friends are saying to me, you need to go there, you need to watch that film, I might say, oh, okay, well, it's got a good report. I'm open to engage with it. If I just see it for the first time, if it looks good, if it sounds good, if it smells good, I may think to myself, I'm, I'm open to engage. If there is a high amount of people engaging with it. So if everyone says, oh, there's a conference taking place next week in KT, everyone's going. Even though I may have booked something in my diary, I may say, because everyone's going, maybe I might go. Now, this may relate to, this should relate to everyone inside this room. We're always being affected. Our openness to engage with something is always being affected by all these types of stuff. This picture was, is of the upper room, or what they say is the upper room in Israel. So I went to Israel in October last year, and I don't know, for only, only the people who've been to Israel before can actually really connect to what I'm going to say. I don't know if God's presence is there more than over here. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the theology there. But when I was in Israel, I I could sense God everywhere. I was in the airport. I thought, this is the best airport in my life. I was in the car. This is the best car in my life. I was walking down the road. This oxygen is something else, isn't it? Everything just seemed better. I was in the upper room and where they said was the upper room. And I said, this must be it. This, this must be it. And I had an encounter with God. And I was filled. Now, my story isn't in the Bible, unfortunately. But what was so amazing was this. I walked out and someone, they, they, they barged me and they said, what happened if it isn't the upper room? I said, hey, that's true. 
And I said to myself, well, hold on, why did I sense the presence in this place that they told me was the upper room? And I realized it's because of what I heard. I was open to it. I was open to receive from God because of the positive report I kept on hearing. In Israel, it's like this. In the upper room, it's like this. So these things open me up to experience. And even if it wasn't that place, the reality is the Holy Spirit isn't sitting in just one room. He's in all places. He's right here. Now, the question is this, before we go any further, how open are you to receive from him tonight? This is an important question. And it's something I always want you to keep on asking yourself throughout this message. Okay, that was just a little preamble. Let's play the video. Let's play the video. So whilst the video is playing, I'll just explain some of my thoughts. So I'm walking around and I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing. Like, what you don't know is that I'm crying, right? And I'm just like... This is amazing. And I'm, I'm recording because I'm encountering God. As a result of my encounter, I was being filled. The rest of that day, I was the nicest person. I was so nice. Like, things that would annoy, uh, usually annoy me, it was fine. You stepped on my brand new white trainers. It's okay. Step again. It's fine. <laughs> and what was so interesting was like, it would happen. I would think to myself, this isn't, this isn't me. And I thought to myself, it's God. It's God. I'm being filled. I want us to just jump into the scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then, these, um, then there appeared to, um, to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Last week, Pastor Scott was talking about speaking in tongues. Today, I'm going to talk about being filled. If you look at verse 4, let's read it out again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The ability to speak in tongues was a byproduct of being filled. Now, I'm not going to go through the tongues at the moment. That's another day. Pastor Scott done an amazing job last week. Watch the video. But let's move on. Let's talk about being filled. Now, I don't want you to think that being filled is being saved. There's so much confusion, so I thought it'd be really important. Let's clarify a few things. Acts, three, um, Acts 1, verse 3 to 7. So let, let's, let's find out what's going on here. We're talking about this room. It was filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Those who were in this room were also filled by the Holy Spirit, and they were able to do things that they couldn't have done before. How did this take place? Why did it take place? Acts 1, verse 3 to 7. To whom he also presented himself alive. Just talking about Jesus. After his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to, not to depart from Jerusalem 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so what's the story here? This is Jesus, the resurrected Christ, talking to his disciples and telling them to wait. Let me see if there's Bible mathematicians here. How many days did the disciples wait in the upper room? So who said 50? 40 days. 40, I see 50. Someone said 10. Mm, mm. You're all wrong. Okay. Let's find out. Let's find out the days and let's find out why this is all significant. First of all, Pentecost is 50 days after. No, Passover actually, after crucifixion. Now, what's really interesting is this. Let's do the maths. After the crucifixion, how many days was he under the earth? Three. The Bible says that when he was finally seen, he was seen for 40 days. 40 plus three. Aha. How many days were left? Seven. Bingo. For seven days, he told them, wait in Jerusalem. Now, what's really interesting about this is this, in these seven days of waiting, why did they have to wait if, if, they were, if those who were waiting were already born again? Were they born again? They were born again. Now, when Jesus said, um, uh, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit many days from now, basically seven days from now, that was a fulfillment of John the, the Baptist's prophecy, which was, Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is Matthew 3.11. So the manifestation, now Jesus says, now I'm going to do this on Acts 1 verse 4. It happens, Acts 2. But what I'm trying to spell out to you guys is, it wasn't them being born again at that time. No, 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 no. You have to understand, guys, that they were already born again. One of the principles, the main principle to, um, to, be, uh, to be born again is this, Romans 10.9. It says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The reason why no one could be born again before Jesus Christ died and raised from the dead is because you, he had to die and raise from the, um, from the dead to believe that it happened so you can be born Aha. Uh -huh. So John 20, 22 says, okay, and he breathes into them this Holy Spirit. They're born again at this time. Acts 2 is the receiving of the power of the person that they've already received. Now, if you want to, you can just be happy to not walk in power. But this sermon is, is to bring you to a place of being filled for the first time and inviting you to be filled again. Hallelujah. Why should I be filled? This is the answer. Consistently being filled is what ensures the continuation of the experience of your salvation. That's a, that's a good line, huh? Consistently being filled is what ensures the continuation of the experience of your salvation. You have to understand that being saved is both an event and an experience. It both happened and it's happening. On June the 9th, uh, 2015, I gave my life to Christ. June the 9th, 2015, I think. Now, 
I was saved that day. But what you need to understand, the word saved is the word sozo. And sozo means this, to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, to make whole. So not only was my spirit justified, it's made perfect, but I'm supposed to be experiencing my salvation. I should be experiencing for my life and through my life, deliverance, protection, healing, preservation, and wholeness. So when the Bible says, approach your salvation with fear and trembling, it's saying this, make sure you're still experiencing what God's given you. Why should I be filled by the Spirit? There's, four, there's so many reasons, there's so many reasons, but I'm going to pick four, okay, just four. Okay, one, power for witness. Power to witness. To witness what? To witness the gospel. To preach, to teach. Let me give you a verse. Mm, good. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, that power that we're talking about, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I'll give you a testimony. Now, the reason I want to give you a personal testimony is I don't want to just talk about things I've read. I want you to understand that there's a random black guy who's called Pastor A, who attends KT, who lives in Hammersmith, who lives amongst you guys, and this is happening in my life. And I'm simply a believer just like you. Okay, an example, a testimony of he gives us the power to preach. I left KT, it was a Friday afternoon. I walk down to Shepherd's Bush and I'm just enjoying God's presence. I'm walking down. I don't want to take the bus. I'm, I'm, I'm singing to the Lord. I'm speaking to him. I'm meditating. My intentions were to go home and eat food. That's not what happened. I'm walking down Shepherd's Bush. I get past, I get to, to Shepherd's Bush Market train station. And for some reason, as I'm walking down, I, I stop and I look right. And in front of Shepherdbush Market train station was a group of people. I saw two people. They, they looked innocent, but they were grown men. They looked innocent, and they were around a big group of other people. And these other people were shouting and speaking. And I knew, as soon as I looked, oh, you want me to share? I'm not a street preacher. It's far more comfortable, if I'm honest with you, to preach to people who want to hear me. It's easy, if I'm honest with you. But to preach in a, in a place where no one's paid to come and hear you, no one's desired to come and hear you, but to come in such a place takes a different type of spirit. Not the spirit of comfortability, but the spirit of the Lord. So I go to them and I'm listening, as if I'm, I don't know anything about the Bible. And I'm listening, listening, listening. And then it was time to speak and I shared. And what came out of my mouth, even I was writing notes. There was, in fact, there was a few people inside this room who was there. Hands up if you were there. Hands up if you were there. I'm sure I saw someone here. I needed someone to testify to this truth, but don't worry, they're typing on YouTube. When I shared, I saw KT people, and it was crazy, and I thought to myself, wow, I'm just sharing the gospel. And there was someone who was about to turn to Islam, and she said to me, if you weren't here, I would have accepted their story. I said, wow. Praise the Lord. 
That wasn't me. That wasn't my gifting. That's not, that's not nothing to do about me. That was a result of the power of God at work. Another thing, um, the power of God allows us to do good and heal. Acts 10.38, another testimony. This took place about three weeks ago. I'm at the gym. I'm at the gym with one of my friends, Sam, in the worship team. And, like, we're, we're training. And, um, yeah, everything's fine. We finish training. Um, we walk out. And they're talking to a receptionist. Now, the receptionist has got a broken leg. So I said to the receptionist, listen, can I pray for you? The receptionist says, uh, yes, my name is Tracy, and you can pray for me. I said, oh, yes, yes, thank you. Let me pray for you. My name's Andrew. Laid hands. She looked at me. What did you do? What, what, what? My leg is light. What I didn't know is that they put a metal plate in her leg, so it was usually going to be heavy. She couldn't really walk. She'd done physio. She was in one of those casts where, like, you know, it's got the curved bottom, so it allows you to walk. So she takes it off, and she's walking. It's like, oh, my days, I can't believe it's, 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 it's nearly gone. So we prayed for her again. We keep on praying. And this woman was just looking and just thinking to, thinking to us, who are these people? And why is my injury gone? And I told her, listen, your injury is gone because there's a God that loves you that you may not know about. And he cares and he has power to heal your injury, even though it may have been, your injury came about maybe because of alcohol take. It doesn't matter. In God's eyes, he wanted to heal. How did that happen? The power of God. I could, keep, keep, I could give you more testimonies, but what else is the power of God? Why should we be filled? We should also be filled because it changes your attitudes. Romans 10, Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone knows 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love is patient and kind and, and doesn't envy. You see, when the power of God is at work, you can function the characteristics and the personality traits of the same spirit that's in you. You're not naturally loving. You're not naturally kind. You're not naturally patient. But the spirit of God, when the power is at work in you, all of these characteristic traits begin to be seen in you. These are good reasons to be filled by the spirit. Final one, and there's so much more, guys. It gets you through hard seasons. Colossians 1.11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Unfortunately, tribulation is going to happen in our life. Sometimes we're going to go through hard times and we want the miracle for automatic change straight away. We want that. But sometimes it doesn't happen. But the next best thing that is available is his strength to get through. Why is this important? It's important because when you use that faith, that um, strength to get through, you are walking by faith. And that faith is now being sharpened as you're trusting in him to get you through that season. And when you get through that season, what you don't know is that you're already, you're, you've been primed to slay the next Goliath without going through the arduous times. How is this possible? Because of God's power. So the next time something bad happens to you or you're going through your difficult season, I want to encourage each and every one of you this simple thing. Don't, don't think God wants you to go through it because he's, not, he's unhappy with you. But God is saying this, 
because I've supplied my strength, you can get through it. The amazing thing about the book of Acts is how it ends. The book of Acts ends in a way which which makes you think, it's like it's going to be continued. And the most amazing teaching that I heard was that the book of Acts is being continued. It's continued to be written in heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven and be able to read the continuation of the book of Acts and read your story. And read your story. And read your story. And read your story. Why? Because the book of Acts is simply the activities of the Spirit in believers. So everyone's got an opportunity to be used. Everyone's got an opportunity for the power to to show how the power has the ability to overcome all things. There is a reason why the Bible says um, in Christ we have the power to um, to, to get over all things. Why do you think this this is possible? Because the power's there. The question is, are you accessing it? Are you accessing this power? This power is the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis means God's power, um, God's power, how can I describe it now? God's miraculous working power that has the ability to produce wealth, riches, and excellence of soul. Imagine that. One word. So we have all of these things, and you may think, you may think to yourself, ah, but Pastor A, <laughs> Uh, I don't have that much money. Um, there's not much prosperity in my life, emotionally, physically. And my body's sick. What you're saying is good, but I'm not experiencing it. Let me tell you this. Never allow your life experience to dictate in your mind who God is. It's your greatest challenge. It is your greatest challenge. I believe in divine healing. I've laid hands on many people. They're not healed. I still believe it. I'm ruthless now. So don't try to make sense of the things that you don't understand. Don't change scripture for it to make sense in your mind. The only thing you should stick to is the word of God. Be filled. Now, I've taught being filled many times, and I'm going about it a completely different way. Usually I, have, I talk about spirit, soul, body, and I do all kinds of things. But the word filled really is better explained by a sail on a boat catching wind. The word filled is more directed to that illustration. You see, if a sail to a boat doesn't catch wind. If the sail isn't filled with wind, the the boat cannot go anywhere. Think about it. God's not asking you to get somewhere yourself. You can't anyway. God's not asking you to try and do something in your own strength. You can't do it anyway. The Bible says it's only faith that pleases him. So God is really saying this. My sister... My, my brother, in God's eyes, my daughter, my son. I want you to keep on giving me thanks and praise because that's the only way you will keep your sails up. And when you keep your sails up, you are open to receive a filling. The wind of the Spirit is always blowing God is always speaking. 
The question is, are you hearing? Are you receiving it? Hmm. Practical points. Let's go practical. How to do this. Okay. How can I be filled? What must I do? Number one, if being filled by the Spirit is the first time you've never received the power of God, there's one simple thing you have to do, ask. What I've taught today is simply me advertising why you should ask. The Bible says that if you ask God anything, he's a good God, he will give you these things. He's not trying to hold back from you. And if you ask today and don't get today, don't worry, keep asking, you're going to get it. Why does he want you to have it? Because when you're walking with his power, he can be seen. This is worth writing down. God wants us to be filled so we can reveal. We're filled in order to reveal. That's the reason why God wants us to be filled. To reveal him, his power, his ways, his ability. How else can I be filled? There's one amazing verse. I want you to make notes. This is your bread and butter. Ephesians 5 verse 18 to 20. And be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been filled and you want to be filled again, not just for today, tomorrow, the following day, the following week, the following month, if you always want to be filled at the right time, keep on doing what Ephesians 5.18 says, specifically 19. Keep on speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Why? Because when you do that, that's what allows your sail to go up. And how interesting that part of praise is me raising my hands to the Lord. Isn't that ironic? As long as you keep your hands raised to the Lord, God is, you are now open to him. And if you're open to him, you're going to be filled by him. So now the question is, what stops you from always giving thanks? What stops you from always giving praise? Whatever is stopping you is against you being filled. Don't be so happy to argue. Don't be so happy to walk in resentment. Don't be so happy to walk in unforgiveness. Don't be happy in these things. Why? Because these things are stopping you from giving thanks and praise. And because you're not giving thanks and praise, you can't be filled. Why? Because you're not open, you're not open to him. If you ever want to reject God's grace and this power that he wants to give you is part of his grace. If you ever want to reject God's grace, complain. Complain. Complain about the things that make sense to complain about. With logic, it's, when we listen to our complaints, they make sense. It makes sense for you to complain. You're homeless. You've been homeless for two weeks. You have every reason to complain with logic. But according to this Bible that I'm hearing, God's telling us, even though you've been without home for two weeks, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, still give thanks at all times. Even though someone has dishonored you, Psalms 34.1, still praise at all times. 
Even though things are affecting you in your workplace, Ephesians 6, 18, pray at all times. The game doesn't change irrespective of the situation you're going through. He still wants you to pray. He still wants you to praise. He still wants you to give thanks. And if you do that, his breakthrough is coming. So really, it's down to you. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up with a gospel message. Hallelujah. Let's use the analogy of the boat. Uh, can I get a picture of the boat just to help people's imagination? Yeah, let's keep it that one. Right? Everyone was born with the, the main boat looking thing and this, this wooden thing is called a, a mast. How interesting that it looks like a cross, right? Mm. Right? So you have that mast, you have that boat. But we're all born without that sail. We're all born disconnected from God's life. Now, you may have sin in your life. Maybe, maybe you're in a relationship that you know is wrong. Maybe there's things that you do that you know is wrong. You know it's wrong. And maybe you thought coming to KT itself was enough to one day go to heaven. Wrong. The reality is this. The way that you're going is a way that God does not see fit. And this isn't about condemnation. This is just simply the way of man. We naturally navigate away from the Lord. But the beautiful thing is this. I've been given the privilege to be on my boat and I'm going past you right now and I'm offering you a sail. I'm offering you a new life because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for your sins so that you don't have to walk in sin anymore, so you can walk with him. This is desire for you. If there's anyone in this room who feels they're tired of their lifeboat meandering in circles, they're tired of being shipwrecking on a land, if they're just tired of their way and they desire God's way. I just want you just to raise your hands, right? If that's you and you want to make a response, God bless you, 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 hallelujah. Ha. Let's clap for Jesus, amen? Let's clap for Jesus. Now, for some of you that may have been a rededication, I want to invite the worship team. For some of you that may have been a rededication, for some of you, you know, it's like, man, no, no, that's true. I accept it. I'm, I'm willing to turn away from my sins and accept this free gift, this, this life that he offers me. And I tell you this, it doesn't mean, this life doesn't mean that you're going to go through easy times. It doesn't mean that. This life means that in the hard times you go through, you're going to keep praising. You're going to keep giving thanks you're going to keep being filled. And those who are filled by the Spirit of God, God will lead. And those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What does it mean to be a son of God? It is someone who simply obeys the Father's command. Yes. 